you are listening to The Creator's Conflict, where we will be interviewing creative people about the struggles they face as creators, how they overcome their setbacks, and what they've learned so far along the way. All right, let's do this. Awkward intros are like my specialty. Oh, it's good. That was a good one. Yeah, I liked it. (laughs) Okay, so I'm in the bottom of the Mandalay across from some like speaker conference rooms. And we're just going to deal with the noise. Yeah. Because it's actually not that bad down here. It's not as bad as the ones at PPE. Um, We're at WPPI. We're in Vegas. And I have Brett with me. And we're going to chat. Yay, awkward intros. All right. (laughs) <laughs> so, Brett, what do you do? And um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, I am an underwater portrait photographer. Uh, and I kind of started that about seven years ago, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and before that, I was um, a commercial photographer. Uh, I was living in New Zealand. I'm from Australia originally. Okay. Uh, but I lived in New Zealand for 10 years. And... I uh, was a, a commercial photographer there, but I was kind of kind of struggling. It's a pretty small market there and, yeah. um, and that sort of stuff. So, and, and I've just been in to the water since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. As soon as I could swim, I was in there, you know. And, uh, and so about seven years ago when we happened to move to Los Angeles from, from New Zealand, um, I just kind of started getting back into the water again and jumped in and had a really shitty point-and-shoot camera in mm-hmm. a little housing and took some photos and thought oh hang on maybe I could maybe this is something that I could try and build up on yeah um, and yeah and then I kind of took took some shots of some athletes underwater some performers and they took off and kind of went viral and that's kind of been it since for the last seven years that's awesome yeah um, it's actually really funny because I don't think I've met you in person before this and yeah. I remember I've been like following your work for probably seven years. Oh, really? <laughs> That's awesome. So this is like kind of surreal and awesome for me. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, so what kind of work were you doing? You said uh, commercial, like what kind of commercial work? So it was kind of a mix of commercial and portraiture. So I was doing just kind of stock standard advertising, mm-hmm. um, commercial uh, corporate headshots. Right. I was doing a lot of... Um, circus stuff as well so okay. i had a lot of friends in the circus and so i do you know shoot their performances and that sort of stuff yeah um got into, got into a lot of uh pinup that side of things and i would shoot a lot of landscape as well mm-hmm. um so that was kind of what was keeping me alive uh in new zealand and it wasn't until um i got into the underwater stuff that i felt like i was actually any good at it Everything before then was like, I feel like I'm just trying to keep up with everyone else. Yeah, yeah. I've definitely felt like that before too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it was kind of nice to get a, get into something where I'm, where I feel like I kind of own it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And um, like I said, I've been following your work for quite a long time and I feel like you're one of the first people that I remember seeing that kind of work from too. So I feel oh, like right. you've cornered that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um, so I guess like when you're doing um, like landscapes and the kind of circus performance stuff, it all kind of like really helps with the underwater, doesn't it? Yeah, it does because the, so that was the thing. So when I got into the underwater, the first thing I kind of did was I took my perform my circus guys and took them underwater. Mm-hmm. So I started doing trapeze underwater oh, and cool. Lyra. Yeah. And what I wanted to do was do stuff that I'd never seen before. Yeah. So a lot of my 
sleepless nights is spent thinking, how can I do something that I've never seen? And a lot of it is, what if I take what I've already shot and try and do that underwater? Very cool. Um, and even down to the studio stuff. So I have a certain, I, I really like cinematic lighting mm-hmm. and I like using colored gels and all that sort of stuff. So trying to take that underwater that I hadn't really seen before either yeah, um, was kind of driving me. And at the beginning, I thought it would be maybe like a year or two of this that I'd kind of run out of stuff to do. Yeah, and then move on to something new. Yeah. And, yeah. and even my wife was like, well, so you're kind of done with this, right? I'm like, I don't think I am. Yeah. I keep thinking of new stuff all the time. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, you also put like a lot of um, like set deck into your your pool that you use too, right? And yeah. you're, you're using like lights. And so it's like you're always kind of like reinventing the wheel, wheel with this. Yeah, yeah. What I'm trying to do is there's a lot of stuff that's in my brain, like my dreams and mm-hmm. my, um, I get inspired a lot by scenes from movies. Yeah. And so a lot of what I'm doing is trying to recreate that underwater. And the sets was something that I wanted to do from day one. Mm-hmm. As soon as I started shooting underwater and realized I was pretty good at it, there was shooting these sets was my final goal but because I never had a pool of my own yeah I could never do it because there's you know I rent used to rent pools wherever I went um like Airbnbs or something like that Airbnbs okay. or like public swimming pools right okay. um and you can't just build a set in things like no. that you know? <laughs> they feel like they'd get mad at you <laughs> they'd either get mad at me or I'd have to spend a week there yeah you know to set it all up and everything yeah. so um a couple of years ago me and my wife bought a house in Los Angeles and I had a yard that was big enough for us to put a pool in oh so you built a pool yeah wow okay so I got to build my own underwater studio wow cool and it was built with building sets in it in mind yeah so everything that I had done up to that point I put into designing this pool mm-hmm. and so it's now my perfect kind of shooting environment and then as soon as I could I built a set in there yes and it was for a it was for a client mm-hmm. and it was for their album cover and they just did some amazing set decoration like the client went to goodwill stores all this sort of stuff because she wanted her album cover to look like an 80s teenager bedroom okay so she went to all the op shops and everything and bought all this stuff and decorated this room so it looked real looked immaculate that's really cool it was incredible, and to the point where it was almost too real. It was hard. Some people were just like, "Hang on, is that is that underwater?" <laughs> and like, yeah, it is. Like, look, it is really underwater, and s- some of the stuff in the background you can see is actually starting to fall apart. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a dresser in the background, and it's got like this massive bow in it. Oh, okay. Because it's about to disintegrate. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's really cool. So, um, when you say you've built like your perfect underwater kind of like studio, what was your kind of like vision for it because I know, know next to nothing about underwater photography so this is really interesting for me yeah so like did you have a certain depth in mind or width or anything like that or the color of tiles that you used or? yeah totally yeah so the the width and the depth were kind of decided by um the geography and my wife mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so the width was she only wanted to sp- me to have half the backyard okay <laughs> so I could only do it it's so wide which is totally fair because I took the other half um, and then the depth of it was decided by the guys building the pool. It was, they could only dig, dig it so deep. Okay. Um, so they could only dig it eight feet deep. Okay. Originally I wanted it 10. Yeah. So I got in there and I dug the last foot by hand. You did? Yeah. 
Awesome. It was crazy. And it's it's a deep hole in the ground and there's you know, it's like Indiana style, like I'm doing an excavation. Yeah. Oh my god. You know, filling up Home Depot buckets full of dirt. Excellent. And dumping them in the backyard. <laughs> so I feel like I own this pool now. Yeah. Um so the depth was I wanted something that was, was deep enough that I could shoot the style of stuff that I do, which right. is a lot of aerials and pole dancing and cosplay and mm-hmm. mermaids and all that sort of stuff. Um, so nine feet was kind of my minimum depth. Okay. Um, and then the color of the tile and everything. When when I shoot underwater, I tend to use backdrops. Right. Because most swimming pools don't look very cool. No, yeah. They're usually pretty boring. Yeah. Um, and so what I found is that black backdrops are really good because they tend to just disappear and they look... Like it's just a big void. Yeah. Whereas white backdrops, just like in a studio, it's, they're the ones that are going to crease the most. Right. Okay. And the ones that are hardest to make look seamless. So I basically got my pool plastered white. Okay. So it's just like a white psych. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, and it's basically like a cove actually. So it's got three sides and the bottom are all white and they're all seamless. So they all, there's no corners or anything. Yeah. Um, and then around the top, because in pools you have to have a row of tiles. Yep. Um, and they're just white. Okay. So I just knew that if everything was white, that it gives me a good background to, to kind of play with. Yeah. And pretty easy to paint stuff out. Oh, totally. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's really cool. Because, um, like, when I think of pools, because I did um, speed swimming and stuff when I was younger, I always think of, like, you know, the stripes on the bottom so the yeah. swimmers can follow it. And I'm like, how did he make this pool so that it would be perfect for, like, shooting in? And that's, that's how. <laughs> yeah, basically. The only problem with it is um, with a studio psych you can repaint it yeah whereas i can't do that you have to drain the whole thing and even then you kind of you have to replaster it i think yeah um and over the last two years i've had a lot of marks on the bottom um just because i use a lot of props and a lot of clothing a lot right. of shoes um, and a lot of women's shoes leave black marks on the on the bottom they of do. the pool yeah <laughs> so it was getting worse and worse and then um i was having to do more and more photoshop to kind of get rid of all the marks off the walls but uh, recently I found this little, it's called a pool eraser. Okay. And it's this amazing little pumice stone. And oh. you can actually scrape off all these marks. It's like a magic eraser, but like a pumice instead of an actual spongy thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Cool. And it's just made my, my pool back to how it was again. Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah, that, I didn't even like think of that, like marks and stuff on the bottom. So, because um, like, I guess, is it harder to Photoshop that kind of stuff out? in water than it would be like say on dry land or anything not really no i mean it, it, the the pool that i'm in the water is so clear that it mostly kind of looks like it's you know it's it's as crystal clear as yeah. it would be above water so it's just as easy yeah the hardest thing is that i'm dealing with a lot of flowy stuff mm-hmm. so hair is flowing and fabric mm. is flowing so if you've got like a whole line of hair across one of those marks you've got to mask all that hair yeah, out basically just repaint the hair in at that point yeah <laughs> So then how are you finding um, like your models and stuff for that? Because are you looking for like, I don't know, let's say trained scuba people or speed swimmers, for example, or anything like that or just? No. So most of my work is um, from paying clients. Okay. So I'm more in the portraiture world than the fine art world, I guess. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, So pretty much, I don't know, 75% of my images are from people who are just regular people who have never done it before. Okay. And what I've kind of learned is how to teach them 
in a short amount of time how to be comfortable and pose well underwater. Okay. Um, the taking of the photos, you know, it's important knowing how to take a good photo, but if you can, you can take a good photo of someone who doesn't know what they're doing, mm-hmm. um, it can go really badly. You know, there's, there's only so much lighting can, can fix yeah. someone who doesn't know what they're doing. Yeah. So what I've kind of pride myself on now is knowing how to get the best out of someone in a really short amount of time. Very cool. How would you go about doing that? Can you give me like a few example, I don't know, like pep talk things you would say to them? Yeah. Or? I mean, most of it is getting them to a safe space. Okay. So a lot of people get into a pool and they they might have a fear of water or they might just be really nervous. Um, and nervousness comes out in different ways in people. Uh-huh. Some people get nervous and get sleepy. Some people get nervous and they're really hyperactive. Right. And suddenly you've got a hummingbird in the pool. And it just, just vibrating. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and the worst thing you can do underwater is move fast. Right. Um, if you move your arm fast under the water and move your leg, everything flaps around. Right, okay. It's really unattractive. It's like sticking your head out the window of a car. Okay, yeah, makes yeah. sense. <laughs> so you get all these, all the skin and the muscle and everything kind of moves around. It's horrible. So the, what I kind of teach them is just to relax. I teach them some breathing exercises um, and I just make them feel comfortable Mm -hmm. the main thing with modeling underwater is not really moving and the more relaxed you are the better it looks Mm -hmm. yeah because it's such an ethereal kind of environment the stiffness and straight lines of like high fashion poses and that sort of stuff doesn't really translate Mm -mm. you want things that are softer so the more they can just kind of relax and be half asleep yeah the better it's going to be so it's kind of just like more about the float than like the actual swim part of it oh totally yeah Yeah. and it's mostly what i'm teaching them is how to basically sink and half fall asleep yeah yeah do you ever kind of feel like halfway through shoot that you're kind of becoming someone's therapist oh totally yeah yeah a lot of my work is psychological okay so i deal with people who have like fears of water and i deal with people who don't who can't swim yeah so a lot of what I'm doing is tricking them into doing what I want mm-hmm. by making them feel like it's their idea. And a lot of it is getting them to a place where they're not thinking about the, the stressful stuff, like not dying mm-hmm. <laughs> and trying to breathe and all that sort of stuff. Right. So a lot of what I do is kind of sleight of hand. Okay. You know, it's like what you do with kids if they, you know, look a rabbit. Yeah. You know, and then suddenly they're thinking about the, the horrible thing they were thinking about. Right. Okay, that's cool. Um, I have my guests felt like a little like semi questionnaire thing. You did put on yours that you had like a fear of water as well. Yeah. Have you kind of like gotten over that, or is it still kind of something you deal with every time you go into the pool? To be honest, it's getting worse. Really? Yeah. Um, so I have I, I suffer from panic attacks, mm-hmm. and. Uh, and have done for probably the last 20 years, um, and I'm 45. So, you know, half my life I've dealt with these panic attacks. Mm-hmm. Um, and what triggers them is uh, not being able to breathe right? and being in confined spaces. So, <laughs> Yeah, like your two, two worst things in one, basically. <laughs> yeah, and my happy place is underwater. Mm-hmm. So if you ask me to, you know, go to your happy place... I'm going to think about being underwater because it is, it's the stuff of dreams. It's, you're weightless. You can fly down there. Mm-hmm. It's kind of quiet. You know, it's just the place that I feel the most calm, but at the same time, it's the place that freaks me out the most. Yeah. So 
it's this really confusing kind of feeling that I've got at the moment. Yeah. Where I'm in somewhere that I love, but I'm on a razor's edge of freaking out about it. Mm -hmm. Do you ever wear like scuba gear or something to like help with, you know, the, your side of the breathing? Yeah. I don't a lot. Um, most of my shoots that are done in, you know, sort of 10 to 15 foot water, I'm just free diving. Right. Okay. Because so is the model. Right. Because I want to be in sync with them and to be able to come up and down. And yeah. And then you can kind of like, if you're running out of breath and they definitely are. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it means that we can talk between each shoot and kind of direct. Okay. Um, but I do wear scuba gear if we're in deeper water. So if I'm shooting in, like if I'm in the Bahamas or if I'm, uh, in a deep tank or we're shooting a music video or something like that, I'll be on scuba as well. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's, it's sometimes the scuba's worse. Really? Yeah. Because you've now got gear on that's kind of constricting you. Mm. Um, it's that kind of, for me, it's that, it's that fear of confinement. It's that fear of not feeling that I can just get out. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Like you just, if you, if you need to, you need to be able to just go and you feel like you can't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cause the thing with, with panic attacks is that they are your fight or flight response mm-hmm. and mine is the flight. So if I'm in a situation that I find scary, I just want to get away from it. Yeah. Rather than staying and fighting it out, I just got to get somewhere else. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if I'm above water, like say if I'm a social situation or something like that, I can just go and leave mm-hmm. and it's totally fine. But if I'm diving, you know, say if I'm 20 feet down, I can't just go to the surface because that's dangerous. Right. The um, b- bubbles in the blood or oxygen, what's it? Oxygen yeah. in the blood or CO2 or something? I can't remember. Uh, it's oxygen has nitrogen in your blood. That's what it is. And as you come up, if you come up too quickly, those bubbles expand inside your body, inside your joints, inside your bloodstream. Right. And they give you what we call the bends. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so if you come up too quickly, and it's a really common um, kind of ailment in the diving community, is if you come up too quickly, you get what's called being bent. Okay. Or you get an aneurysm. Oh. Um, yeah, <laughs> Great. it's no fun. No. <laughs> and so what I'm finding is that I'm becoming a little bit dangerous yeah. to myself. Because if I'm panicking underwater and my initial response is to go to the surface that's really bad yeah so uh, what, what do you do in those situations because um, it sounds like it's happened before yeah like a few times probably yeah it's, it's happening a lot to me yeah yeah the the older I get the more it seems to be happening mm-hmm. um, and I don't know if it's something that's you know if there's another cause there's something in my life that is that is stressing this out mm-hmm. you know? Um but it's happening more and more and what I'm trying to do so the first few times it happens you kind of just got to do a controlled ascent because I didn't know what was happening. I just was not happy being there mm-hmm. anymore. Um, but now I know what it is and I almost have a fear of having the fear. Mm, oh, so you're like anticipating it happening? Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. And that's the worst because yeah. then you're really on a knife's edge because you can go, well, lucky I'm not having a panic attack. And then you're like, oh, panic attack. Let's have one. <laughs> and then it happens. Yeah. You know, you, my, your brain is so suggestible mm-hmm. that it's ridiculous. Um, so what I do now is I've been speaking to people and I went to some, went to a therapist and have got some kind of mental tools mm-hmm. to help me through that. Um, and one of them which seems to be working quite well is as soon as I feel it coming on, I just start concentrating on the the objects that are around me. 
and I'll just start naming them. Oh, okay. And just try and name all the things. It's like a distraction method. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. my brain is in this spiral mode and you've just got to try and break that cycle. Right. To, um, and because the thing is after that panic attack is gone, it's like it never happened. Right. And you're like, why did I feel that way? Yeah. Whereas at the time it feels so real. And you know, that's why you will do stupid things. Yeah. Because it feels so real. Yeah, because you're literally just panicking, like, get me out, get me out, get yeah, me out. Yeah, you feel like you're going to yeah. die. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then you come out of it and you're like, there was nothing there for me to die from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that has no point. Do you um, find that it's like mostly happening kind of like in the deep water situations or has it happened in your pool as well? Um, it has happened in my pool. Um, what It tends to happen a lot to me um, now because I'm when I free dive a lot, I get a little bit too confident mm. and I'll push my breath hold a little too far. Oh, yeah. Because I get lost in the shooting uh-huh. and if something really awesome is happening, then I am get lost in that and I'm just like ignoring what my body's telling me. Mm-hmm. And it's not to the point of danger, like I'm not going to pass out or anything, but it's to the point where, where my body goes, ooh, there's danger. And then that kind of panic attack mode kicks in. Yeah. Um, and then I'll just come to the surface because freediving is fine to come up quickly. Right. Yeah, because um, you, you're only like 10 feet, 15 feet down, something like that. Yeah, and yeah. It's only, you've only got one breath of air in you. And that's yeah. the thing with diving is that once you're down deep, breathing compressed air, that's when you get the bends. Okay. If you're just freediving, you hold your breath and go down and then come back up with that same breath of air. Right. It's It doesn't have the same effect. Ah, yeah. every day is a school day. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. There's a whole science around this. Yeah. Stuff. Okay, cool. Um, but yeah, so I'll come up. So it does happen in the shallow stuff. It can happen in the deep stuff. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So like you said, when you're kind of like down there and you're panicking and you're, um, you know, trying to like name objects around you and whatever you need to do to calm, your, calm yourself down, is it, have you ever had like a model kind of freak out because you're freaking out or something like that? No, I'm kind of, uh, even my wife tells me this, like she doesn't know when I'm when I'm panicking. Oh, so it's very, very like subtle, like outwardly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's, I'm very controlled on the exterior, I think. Inside, I'm totally freaking out. Like, yeah. I'm going to die. But on the outside, people are like, hey, are you okay? So you have like a really good poker face, yeah. you're telling me. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> to the point where it's probably kind of a little, yeah. Yeah. Because I'll be like, I can't be here right now. And they're like, why? What's wrong? Oh, I've just got to get out of here. Yeah. Like, you seem fine. I'm not. <laughs> You're like, I'm really, really not, I promise. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> oh, man. Um, have you ever had a model freak out on you alternately? Like, where they're having a panic attack or, um, you know, maybe they choke on a bubble of air or something like that and you've had to kind of, like, save them? Yeah, I mean, I don't... I haven't had anyone had a full-blown panic attack. Um, I have had people kind of come up, you know, kind of choke on water a bit. Yeah. Um, the main thing that happens with when I'm shooting is that they will misjudge how long they need to get to the surface. Mm. So I, I kind of teach them that they need to, you know, we'll start coming to the surface halfway through their breath hold so that they've got plenty of time to come up. Mm-hmm. Whereas some of them will, you know, like I do, they'll get lost in the pose and then go, oh shit, I gotta <laughs> go <need> up. To <laughs> yeah. And if they're wearing like a long dress or something, they're not going to move very fast. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what I do is I'm usually like four or five feet away from them is that I will, if I see them taking longer than usual, I'll just go in and I'll grab them or I'll grab their foot and push, push them, them to up. the surface. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but usually most people are fine. Um, even the ones that have a fear of water, 
just kind of, I think they're, they're very good at kind of getting over that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when, back to kind of like your, your, the client side of it, when you say that like 75% of your work is like the portrait work, what is the end goal for these people? Is it just to have like a really amazing photo of themselves or are they doing it sometimes to like get over this fear or like do people tell you that kind of stuff when they book you? Yeah, and I ask that stuff. Like I ask them what they want to get out of it. Yeah. Um, and I think most of them just love the, the type of photography. Yeah. They just want to see themselves in that environment and, and see themselves in, in that kind of dreamlike world. Yeah. Um, and some of them, and probably, I don't know, 25% of them, are using it to get over their a fear. Yeah. Um, either get over a fear of water or get over something about themselves. It's a way of, um, I don't know, it's a, it's a way of kind of pushing them out of their comfort zone. Yeah. But in a way that is really rewarding mm-hmm. because the images at the end, I think, really yeah. it makes it all worth it for them. I guess it's like, I can kind of see that where they would want to take the photo to like get over something or like I don't know reinvent themselves or something in their head because when you're looking at that kind of photography like it is so surreal and it's not just like oh let's take a a portrait there's so much work involved and there's so much posing that I feel like when you would finish the shoot like I think if I was to model for that for example I would come out and I would be like oh that was a whole experience it wasn't just like oh let's take some photos yeah so it's like a really immersive like I don't know feeling experience for the clients which I think is really cool yeah, that's. I think that's that's a lot of it. Is that there? It's it's almost a ride. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the photo is that you know it's that picture as you go down the the log flume at Disneyland. <laughs> you know. Yeah, you got the shit scared out of you, and there's a picture to prove it. Yeah, you know, and it's it's that sort of thing where I think it's the experience that is almost more important than the than the photos themselves. Mm-hmm. It's teaching because it's how often do you go into the water, and think about what your face looks like. How your yeah. hands and your feet? How no. often do you go underwater and think about looking pretty? You know? Yeah, usually you're down there for a reason. Yeah, and it's swimming from one side to the other. Yeah, yeah, especially if you're like me, where you're like you used to, I used to do speed swimming like kind of semi competitively. So like when I get in, I just I just want to swim. I just want to do lengths. Yeah, and I like sometimes I'll float around and stuff, but I'm never just like oh like let's just make some pretty hands or something, you know? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and I think like it, it is people like that as well. Like I get people who have done you know competitive swimming and mm-hmm. stuff, and they like the that they don't that it's the opposite of what they're used to doing mm-hmm. rather than being really active and really intense and really short it's this kind of longer yeah chilled out process do you ever get um like dancers that just want to kind of do their thing in the water to see what it looks like kind of yeah yeah um and again that's kind of sometimes you get a dancer who's just really good at chilling yeah um, and then sometimes you get a dancer who's a hummingbird <laughs> and you're just like, I can't shoot any of this because you're moving too fast. Yeah. You know, a lot of it is really kind of static poses. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's like slow motion. Yeah. So you just want to go, okay, just pick one pose and just move through that pose really slowly. Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever have, um, like getting back more into like the business side of this, cause it's so fascinating. Yeah. Uh, do you ever have, uh, like commercial clients that come and they're like shoot our product underwater or anything like that? Yeah. Not a lot of product stuff. But um, I have done, um, you know, garments and that sort of stuff. Yeah, and like for designers or... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, designers and I've done album covers. Um, what did I do recently? It was like an influencers weekend for like Neutrogena or something. Random. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just like influencers jumping in the water with some of the Neutrogena product or something. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's really cool. How are these like people finding you? Do you put a lot of marketing into being like book a portrait experience with me or are they just kind of finding you by word of mouth or? Uh, I'm really bad at the marketing side of stuff. Me too. <laughs> it's, it's like I just need someone else to do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a whole nother skill set. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm basically, a lot of my work comes through word of mouth. Um, a lot of it is through social media, which I kind of think is still word of mouth. Yeah. Um, and in the commercial side of stuff, it's the more productions you work with, the more that it will be seen and the more you're going to be hired for other stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, do you have an agent or anything like that? Or is this something that you'd be interested in getting at some point? Yeah, I would like to because at, the, at this point I'm very focused on doing the work. And like I say, like the whole marketing side of stuff and the, you know, the outreach Mm -hmm. is a whole different skill set. And I can't do more than one thing at one time. Right. Yeah. Um, Taking this back to like the beginning of the conversation, kind of like jumping all over the place here. But (laughs) you, when you said that you um, were originally doing like commercial photography, what were you doing before that? Were you always doing just like, you know, snapshots, like landscapes, um, or like, you know, just have always had your camera around. Were you doing art at all? Or were you just like not doing anything? I, yeah. So I kind of, I picked up a camera when I was, I don't know, in my twenties, I think. Okay. And it was just a travel thing. I would just take a camera when I traveled and I would do a lot of travel photography, but it wasn't for anything. It was just for me, Mm -hmm. you know? And it was, I remember the point when I got my first Canon 50 mil you know, the plastic fantastic 1.8 yeah. and just crank that thing right down to 1.8. Of course, as you do. And just went, holy shit, that's Boca. I love this <laughs> shit. This is, you know, the um, shallow depth of field. And then suddenly that's when photography kind of clicked for me. Yeah. Was when I saw that I could take the photos that I liked other people taking. Uh-huh. Um, and this was all while I was um, doing other jobs. Right. Yeah. So I ran a record label for a little while. Um, I was a programmer for a while um, and the photography was just on the side it was just purely to travel yeah and it was the transition from there to to being a full-time photographer was um, I was taking pictures of my family and my you know my brother's kids and that sort of stuff and his wife was like I would totally pay you to take pictures of my kids (laughs) let's do that yeah for sure so then I jumped into weddings and portraits and I started had a studio for a while and none of it was particularly fulfilling yeah but it was paying the bills totally yeah yeah you did the pretty typical route of going from portraits and weddings to babies and then finding like your your kind of niche um yeah I feel like uh a lot of us do that route which is really funny and it kind of like makes me wonder why I guess because it's so readily acceptable yeah and everyone's always getting married everyone's always having babies so it's like oh yeah sure we just shoot this it's and I think the, the subjects are always there too. Yeah. You know? Like I was shooting my brother's kids because he had kids. Yeah, they were just there. Yeah. Yeah. And then other people saw those photos and wanted me to take pictures of their kids. Mm-hmm. You know, and then friends of mine got married. I took photos of their wedding, and then other people got married, and then it all just kind of rolls on from there. Yeah. And then you realise that this is not sustainable. No. Um, it's stressful. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of work. You yeah. lose all your weekends. Yeah. Um, and you may as well be doing this with something that you that you love. You know, I think it's that we get into it because we want to create, mm-hmm. and there's something inside us that we want to get out. And not often is that 
wedding photography no or exactly kid photography yeah. i mean not for me no and not for a lot of people not for me either but I, yeah i do know people that that's like they're not only their bread and butter for their business but it's something they just really enjoy doing and it's like they it gives them so much passion mm. and I'm, like i applaud those people yeah. i'm like not for me thank you <laughs> well, what i found because i did enjoy doing the weddings like weddings was great and i think the only reason i enjoyed it was because i saw how the clients reacted to it yeah so i saw me making them happy mm-hmm. it wasn't making me happy yeah whereas the work i do now makes me happy yeah 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 for sure do you do um like teach any uh photography workshops for your style or anything like that yeah i've been doing just one-on-one workshops okay um just because it's it wasn't something that i was confident in doing so i just wanted to kind of start out yeah um and i like to teach like i've learned a lot over the last few years and um, being able to share that with people because underwater photography is not it's not a huge genre yeah you know there's not a lot of resources out there for it a lot of the stuff we have to work it out ourselves Mm -hmm. on how to do it Um, and I'm kind of I want to do more of the teaching side of stuff Um, I'm going to try and set up some more group workshops this year very cool um, at the studio in LA yeah kind of teach some things yeah um, is there anything that you kind of, cause I, I hear this a lot with teachers, um, when they're teaching something they always have like an epiphany and they're like, Oh, holy shit. I just figured something out. Has that ever happened to you whilst teaching? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think what happened, I think that happens kind of all the time. I think when you teach other people stuff, you then reiterate to yourself, Yeah. you know, you kind of realize these techniques that you probably had forgotten about where like you kind of tend to stick to your little, you know, your little set of skills, Mm -hmm. but you know so many, but you kind of just stick with the, you know, the main five that kind of get you through each shoot. And it's like sometimes so um, like robotic. You're like, Oh, this is how I set my light or this is where I put the light or this is this aperture that I use. Yeah. And then you're like, Oh, I have to show someone else how to do multiple things. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) But then you show someone and you see, Oh, why don't you try it like this? And then you're like, hang on, I should be, I'm talking to myself right now. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I, I forgot that I knew that technique and I don't use it anymore. So let's use that yeah. more often. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you, when you do group workshops, how many people do you think would be in the, like, you don't want to do like 15 people, for example. No, I mean, it's so hard with underwater. If you're doing a dry, you know, studio workshop, you can just kind of file people in and out behind the camera and yeah. you can kind of teach them a lot. Whereas with underwater, the action's not easily visible. So you have to be under the water to see what's happening. Mm-hmm. So you've got to be able to have that many people in the pool. Um, so I, I kind of think about six people on a workshop is pretty good. Yeah. Just yeah. to give everyone enough kind of attention and kind of keep it a little bit more intimate. Yeah, totally. Have you yourself taken um, like a lot of workshops or anything throughout the years? Or have you kind of like mostly self-taught? Mostly self-taught because... Um, I tend to not be able to justify paying the money for a lot of that stuff. Yeah, especially yeah. if you have to travel. Yeah. I'm kind of the same way. I'm like, I'll buy your online course. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I don't know if I can travel to go see you. <laughs> yeah. I've, I did a couple years ago uh, when I started to get more into fashion photography. Mm-hmm. And um, it was more about learning how to to pose people. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. I, I feel like the techniques and the technical side of stuff, I can kind of work out eventually. Mm-hmm. But having some shortcuts into... You know, I'm not a woman and I, I don't know how that works a lot. So having some insight on how to, you know, how to pose a woman. Right. Um, what angles look best for what certain shapes of women. 
and men as well. Mm-hmm. You know, all that sort of stuff is um, that knowledge is not easily found. Right. Yeah, because what some one person likes, another person might not. Yeah. And it depends who your client is. If your client is the model, you have to make them happy with how it looks. Right. Which might not be always how you think they should look. Yeah. And so having being able to know when to change that if that makes sense yeah um does your wife ever help you with posing like does she ever get in the pool and like float around for you to take shots <laughs> no. did you test light or anything like that no no so my wife she's in the film industry she's a okay. hairstylist okay um and she's not much of a water person at okay. all so <laughs> she will um float around in the swimming pool but yeah. there's no way she's going under okay got it uh and she's not that keen on being in front of the camera either okay so, yeah <laughs> But in saying that, she is good when she sees my photos and stuff. She's like, oh, I wouldn't do that again. Oh, you yeah. Know? So she's nice. good at the kind of the critiquing afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess it helps too. Like if she's always on set, then she sees stuff that probably helps you along the way too, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and she's a woman. And I think women just inherently kind of pick up, you know, what looks good. And I think it's um, because women are so, you know, society criticizes women so much. Yeah. That you are quite attuned to the criticism so I think women have a much better idea of what looks good than men do a lot of the time Mm -hmm. I don't disagree (laughs) (laughs) Um, when you're doing your shots and you kind of have like all these elements um, in your photos are you like taping them down or like I don't know sandbagging them not sandbagging obviously because that would just be a disaster but (laughs) like how are you attaching them to the bottom of your pool Uh, you talking about the sets and stuff yeah yeah so it depends on the environment uh, and the type of shot I'm trying to get. Okay. Um, so when I'm building my sets, I'm, I'm physically putting all this stuff in the um, in the pool. I'm building I'm building a three walled room. I'm building mm-hmm. a floor. Okay. Okay. And then I am I am sandbagging stuff down. Yeah. Yeah. So so a lot of furniture will float. So I've got to put. Um, what we call shot bags in there yeah. and a shot bag is like a sandbag but it's full of metal makes sense um, otherwise sand kind of comes out and ruins your I was going to say it would be a disaster <laughs> yeah it's no good yeah uh, so I am sandbagging stuff down um, I, I've gotten pretty good at buying props that I know will sink mm-hmm. um, at, or finding ways to hide weights inside stuff mm-hmm. um, and that's kind of it like I, I don't like to kind of screw things down I like to kind of keep things um you know, kind of organically down there. Yeah, yeah. Um, other times, if I've got like, you know, like a room full of props that are flying, um, like I say, a deck of cards or something, uh, I will shoot all those elements as they're floating around the pool. Oh, okay. And then I'll composite them all together. That was my next question. I was like, do you have to do a lot of compositing with that stuff to make sure everything's in the right place and kind of like where you want it to be? Yeah, there's, th- it kind of flip-flops. Um Lately, I've become more obsessed with trying to get as much in camera as I can. Yep. Um, and a lot of the shots of mine that you'll see lately in the sets are not composites at all. Mm-hmm. Um, even down to shots where we've got like flowers floating around the room, they just happen to be in the right spot. Uh, whereas like playing cards and stuff, I tend to have to make them yeah. later. Yeah. Because they won't, they don't, they don't hover in the same in the one spot. They'll move around the whole time. Okay. And um, well actually, a good example is I was in uh, in Mexico recently in the cenotes down there, which mm-hmm. are big freshwater um, 
caves. Okay, yeah. And they're full of these tiny little fish. Yeah. And we found this little uh, mossy little set of stairs and we were doing some shoots against that but there were these tiny little fish and they looked amazing and we had little bits of carrot we'd throw in the water to kind of get them to swarm oh really but you had to really time the shot because there was always a fish in some front of someone's face yeah because it was so hard um and even with that i was it was such an awesome thing but only like you know like three shots out of 20 would work because the fish would be right moving so yeah, much yeah right yeah. have you ever come away from a shoot and just had like no usable images like even compositing won't save it and then what have you kind of done in that situation <laughs> yeah uh, so uh a lot of my underwater career i've spent traveling around the world mm-hmm. so i travel to certain places and i'll rent a pool and i'll, I'll advertise shoots there and i'll shoot the problem with that is it's not like turning up to a studio where you know it's going to be of a certain quality. Totally. So I've turned up to swimming pools that are like swimming in milk. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the thing with underwater photography is that if you, the closer you get to your subject, the clearer the water becomes because okay. there's less particulate between right. you. Okay, and that makes sense. Yeah. It's like shooting in a, in a nightclub yeah. where you've got the smoke machine running and you know, it's very thick. Right. So the, to save those kind of shoots... I have to get closer and closer to the subject, which means, you know, less and less full length shots, Mm -hmm. more headshots, which might not have been what they were after. Or if you can shoot wide enough, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of like kind of clarity sliders and dehazing and all that sort of stuff afterwards. Yeah. Um, But I have done, I think I did a shoot in the UK once where it was just, it was just crap. Yeah. Like all the images I got from that were embarrassing. Like, they were just unusable. Yeah. But I, the people who paid me to shoot for them. So I had to get something. So I basically painted everyone back in. Oh, my God. Yeah. It was horrible. Holy cow. Um, and I don't know if you've seen that. There's, like, a meme going around of, like, uh, family photos that this woman had to oh my God. the, the face one, back the on. The one that came, popped up last year. It makes me cry with laughter every time I see it. <laughs> it's like she's got crayons or something. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And they've got no features. It was pretty much that oh god oh, i'm yeah. so sorry it was not good because you said that you said that was in the uk so it's not like you could just reshoot it it no, was like no. you're there and then you leave and then you're like oh god damn it yeah <laughs> and i knew on the day that i wasn't getting it but you kind of just have to push through yeah and hope that you're getting enough to be able to to fix it later on yeah for yeah. sure Ooh. yeah i'm sorry that's <laughs> oh god i can't even imagine i think i would cry i think i would actually cry yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> There was, there was, yeah, there was tears. So that was probably obviously like the worst one. Um, what had, what do you, what do you think in your opinion has been like the best moment or shoot of your career then so far? Yeah, I don't know. There's so many different kind of ways you can look at that. Um, there is a, uh, um, there's one photo that I was really proud of this just this last year. Mm-hmm. And I've just, I entered it in WPPI. <gasps> Ooh, have you found out like score anything yet yeah i think it got a silver nice okay but i was so proud of it because it was an um when i make these underwater sets for my clients and we shoot in them and i think they're amazing and i just get totally lost in them and then i pack it all up and i go oh i didn't get a shot of myself in there oh (laughs) Oh, damn it so i've been trying to make myself do self-portraits in them yeah and for halloween i made a uh, like a horror movie mashup room and it was like a mashup of like Poltergeist and The Shining and It and all that sort of stuff. Cool. And I did this self-portrait. So I 
since my wife won't go underwater, I put the camera on a tripod yeah. and I put it on timer. Yeah. And then I swam out in the middle of the, the room and I just sunk down and, uh, and I did this, you know, kind of a big back arch kind of floaty thing. Yeah. And, um, and it was perfect. Like, no, I didn't have to do any post-production yeah. or anything. It was tack sharp. It was, the angle was good. All that sort of stuff. Yeah. And I was just like, holy shit. <laughs> this is like, you can't look at this photo and think, that's, that's got to be a composite. Yeah. You know, it's, it can't be real. Yeah. <laughs> so that was pretty awesome for me. That's, I love that. Um, yeah, that's, that's like probably my favorite story so far. Okay, great. <laughs> so... Besides kind of um, dealing kind of like with the, like your clients, let's say like their panic attacks and like your panic attacks and the stuff that you kind of deal with, um, like while you're shooting, is there anything else that you would say is kind of like the next hardest part of your job that um, you could kind of share as like maybe like advice or something if someone wants to get into this? Do you, do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Yeah. Um, like advice for someone getting into underwater photography? Yeah, and it's just like, yeah. just like, because a lot of the time people, like they look at photos and they're like, oh, that's so cool, I want to do that. And they don't think about all this work that goes into it. So yeah. is there anything that you can kind of share like as advice or like just kind of a warning for people if they are going to get into this? Because I know people are going to be wandering yeah 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 there's a couple of things um so the main thing that i've found with people starting underwater photography is they spend a lot of money Mm -hmm. on you know on the best gear and all that sort of stuff and they might not even like doing it you know and then what are you going to do with all that gear yeah you can't use it for anything else yeah um so i would just say um you know just practice on on lesser equipment, you know, like GoPros, iPhones these days. Yeah. Take great photos underwater. Yeah. They, what is it? Like a couple of feet now they can go down without yeah. exploding. <laughs> like three to 10 feet, I think they're totally yeah. fine. Um, that sort of stuff. The other thing is, um, is just learning how to direct models. Mm-hmm. Because you can be a photographer, but if you don't know how to tell the model what to do or how to make their. You know, because they can't see what they're doing. No. And underwater, they don't have any concept of what it looks like. So the more they can um, understand how to direct a model, mm-hmm. um, the better their photos are going to be. And that, I think, is more important than the type of camera they use. Yeah. So just knowing how to talk to models, how to, d- to describe what they want mm-hmm. um, them to do. And that just takes practice. Yeah. Um, just looking at photos and, and going, why do I like this? Why did it work? Mm-hmm. And it, you know, that's for any kind of photography, really. Um, and the final thing is just safety. Yeah, you yeah. Know, this is a dangerous place. I talk about having panic attacks and all that sort of stuff, but at the same time, I have been doing this a long time. Yeah. And even if I'm having a panic attack, I'm, I know that I'm safe and that my client is safe. Um, don't just jump in a pool with someone who you don't know their ability right if you don't know your own ability you know i'm a trained rescue diver Mm -hmm. i know cpr i know oxygen i know um how to rescue someone yeah um i think people will forget that it only takes one thing to go wrong and someone can die yeah yeah like a dress gets caught on something or like they can't get up because the dress is too heavy for example or like they swallow water and yeah there's so many crazy things. So I was actually going to ask, do you ever have additional safety people like with you that you like hire or like friends of yours that are also like 
registered safety divers or something that can help you with this stuff? Yeah, I do. For, for a lot of my shoots, if it's just me and a client, uh, I, it is just me and the client, mm -hmm. mainly because I am very confident in my abilities mm -hmm. um, and I am usually the person who's closest to them anyway. Right. So um, being able to know that I am... Uh, capable enough to save them if anything happens. The other thing is that I have thought all my shoots through beforehand. Mm -hmm. So I know that uh, if if I'm using a set, there is shit that they can get stuck on, yeah. but I also have a knife on me. Okay, right. So I know that I can cut them out of whatever needs to happen. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, in saying that, if I have any more than one person or if it's a bigger production, we have safety divers in the water, mm -hmm. we have oxygen, we have um, scuba gear, all that sort of stuff. We have lifeguards. That, I think, is the most important thing yeah. about this whole kind of shoot. Yeah. It's not just something you can just jump in and do. It's like you really need planning and yeah. like you got to think about consequences with this. Totally. Yeah. yeah. You kind of have to be a worst case scenario kind of person mm -hmm. um, that if you can look at a pool and go, there is no possible way there's any danger of this, then carry on. Yeah. But if you, if there's things, you know, like if the vacuum, the, you know, the, the, the pool suction thing's still on. Right. You know, someone can get sucked into oh, that. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. <laughs> this is the stuff that I think about because yeah. I'm, you know, this is the one thing that the panic attacks have kind of taught me is yeah. that I now know what the things are that can go wrong. Mm -hmm. Are you kind of like in a weird way, like thankful sometimes for the panic attacks for making you think about all these crazy little details? Yeah. Yeah. I think I have to be because yeah. otherwise what's the point? Yeah. You know, they do me, they do nothing for me apart from that. Yeah. You know, they kind of they kind of give me a sense of uh, of mortality right and it's it's blown out of proportion and it's not real but it, it makes me aware of these things in the other parts of my life yeah 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 that's really I mean I was gonna say that's really cool but it's not really cool it's uh, terrifying and um, but really interesting about how like the human brain works and yeah. the stuff that it puts us through. <laughs> totally. And I was just talking to a friend uh, on my way here mm -hmm. and we were talking about cave diving. Yeah. And I was just saying how that just freaks the crap out of me. Oh my God. I don't know if I can do that. No. Yeah. No. But there's something in people who do that, that they, they're either missing something that I don't have, yeah. that I do have, or they have something that I don't have. Yeah. But there's something inside them that, that tells them that everything is going to be okay no matter what. Yeah, it's like little kids don't have any fear of anything. Yeah. And then all of a sudden something happens and you're like, oh, nope, can't do that anymore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it only takes one thing and then that is in your brain forever mm -hmm. of, I can die doing that. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Whew. Yeah. Shivers. Okay. <laughs> this is a fun conversation. It is. Um, so kind of like more along the advice kind of thing. Is there something that you wish that you knew when you first started that like if, if you could go back in, you know, seven, eight, ten years ago and be like, Brett, don't do that. <laughs> is there something like that that you would do? Um, yeah, I don't know. There's so many things, but at the same time, I'm kind of glad I learned them the way I did. Right. Because they shaped me, it, they shaped my work in the way that it is. Mm -hmm. um, I wish I'd probably known that that underwater would have, was going to be so much better than above water. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I think uh, I think the main thing was just to just own what you do and feel confident in what you do. Mm -hmm. You know how people feel about um, how you think people feel about what you do. 
is irrelevant. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't matter. Yeah. If you're happy with what you're doing and your clients are happy, then it doesn't matter where you stand in the pecking order. Yeah. You know, it's just just be confident with what you do. Yeah. Own it and don't compare yourself to other stuff, to other people. Yeah. That's the, I think that's the hardest thing. Mm-hmm. And that's that imp- imposter syndrome. Definitely. Where you're suddenly why am I doing this? You know, I don't I'm not special. Yeah. But you are. You and are. That's why you're doing that. Do you ever um you know when you're setting up a shoot or thinking about planning a shoot and you're like, Oh, why do I even bother? Like, and then while you're shooting it being like, ah, that's why (laughs) every time. And this is what I mean by the underwater thing is it's so not over for me because every time I do a shoot, there's always one image that I see at the time. And I'm like, yeah, that's the one. Mm -hmm. That's why I do this, Mm -hmm. you know, and it could be, you know, I just came from a conference in Virginia, which was a mermaid conference. Oh, cool. And there was like 300 mermaids there and I was shooting mermaids all weekend. Yeah. And it's a little cookie cutter and it's a little kind of, you know, you have half an hour with them and you kind of do the same thing with with each one of them. Yeah. And there's always just one shot. And the one shot that got me was just like a, a flick of a tail. Mm, as someone's details. heading off yeah. You know, yeah and it was just like you couldn't plan that yeah but it made me realize that I am good at creating an environment where people where, where that sort of thing can just happen naturally mm-hmm. you know it's not planned but the the chaos theory kind of works yeah know? yeah yeah that's uh that's really cool yeah. That makes me happy. I'm like sitting here smilingly ear to ear. No one can see <laughs> yeah. me, but I am, and the people standing next to us. So, yeah. <laughs> um, is there anything that you were looking forward to in the next little while? Like, um, you know, whether it's like teaching more or any big upcoming projects or, um, I don't know, like another show. I mean, we're going to, you're going to go to the WPPI trade show, I'm sure after this. Yeah. So. <laughs> I've got to go and see, see my entries up on the wall. Oh yeah. Um, no, I've got a, um, so I've started doing these workshop modeling workshops. Mm-hmm. So uh, last year I took uh, 11 models down to the cenotes in, in Mexico and taught them how to model underwater. Mm-hmm. And in the end of March, I'm doing the same thing in the Bahamas. Oh, amazing. Yeah. So we've got a sailboat for a few days. We're going to go out and find some awesome reefs and yeah. shoot on that. So that sort of stuff is, is really exciting to me. Oh, very cool. I'm so excited to see like your... Your, pro- your like upcoming projects and like that mermaid shot you were just talking about is yeah. it up on social media yet or no okay I'll, I'll, I'll give you a sneak peek okay perfect yeah. I love that <laughs> so I do have um, I guess like two questions yeah. left the first one would be considering we're at WPPI right now why do you come to these shows what do you get out of it and um, yeah why do you come I come because uh, I don't get to meet and hang out with other photographers. You mm-hmm. know, photography is a very lonely kind of business. Yeah. You know, it's not like we work in teams. Mm-mm. So you are either working with, you know, makeup artists and stylists and all that sort of stuff, which is great. Mm-hmm. But if you want to go and talk business and talk the industry with other people, then you have to kind of meet up. Right. And so the main thing for WPPI for me is just seeing my fellow photographers and it's the social side of stuff. Yeah. Um, the gear show is cool, but there's uh, being underwater, there's very little for me here. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so I kind of walk around that a couple of times and, and kind of then move on. Yeah. Um, every now and again, there's a good class that kind of gets me motivated. Yeah. And even just being here is just a motivation. You know, you kind of start to get in your own little rut and you kind of get a little bit down on yourself. Yeah. Especially on the business side of things, you kind of kind of start to wind down, I think. 
Um, and coming here kind of gets you energized again. Right. What does for me. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Yeah. That's literally exactly why I come. I don't really care about the gear. Like, I don't really upgrade my camera that often. I use, yeah. like, two lenses. Um, I literally just come to see people and yeah. hang out and have conversations, even if it's, you know, not recorded like this, but, like, the group conversations we have while we're having dinner or whatever. And yeah doing dumb shit for three days whatever it's super it's, fun it's just the talking of the shit yeah you know? it's just that kind of casual kind of oh how's that work out for you like mm-hmm. what did you do in that situation yeah you know, it's just getting feedback from other people who do the same thing as you yeah it's very val- validating um, i know you were sitting behind us at the table at breakfast but our table was talking about how it seems like the beginning of this year has just been a really weird stalemate with like work and how like none of us feel like we're producing anything and we're not really mm. like doing anything. And, um, it's also just really like kind of motivating and refreshing to know that other people are doing the exact same thing as you or like going through the same thing as you. Yeah. Um, which is another reason why I personally love coming. Cause it's like, you kind of hash it out with everyone, you know, yeah. get through all the shit that you're going through. <laughs> it's like therapy. I think, you yeah. know, it's kind of, you, your significant other might not understand this sort of stuff, you totally. know, or your friends might not. But if you can talk to the other people in the industry and and kind of have a bitch about the same stuff, yeah, you know, and or talk up the same stuff, it just it kind of it's cathartic, I think. Definitely, yeah, definitely. So the last question is, and everyone knows this question is coming up because I ask it every single time. <laughs> if I were to slide across this table right now to you, ten million dollars, and you can do whatever the hell you want with it. What would you do? Would you still do your uh, commercial like client work, or would you just stick finally to like fine art? Would you quit and just live on a boat? Like, what's your plan? <laughs> I love this question because I, I kind of pose this to people all the time too. because yeah. I'm fascinated by it. And to be honest, I would pay my mortgage and keep doing what I'm doing. Perfect. Yeah, because I love what I do. Yeah. Yeah. This do you, th- is, this do you think is you would life. still do like? A lot of the client stuff or would you do yeah. more fine art though just exact same just the same because yeah. for me i like taking other people's visions and making them real yeah you know for me that's the validation of it is seeing my work on a billboard or on an album cover or mm-hmm. in someone's like living room yeah or on someone's social media profile picture that tells me that that i've done my job yeah you know i'm not very good at doing art for me yeah i need the validation of it being of it being accepted by someone and being liked by someone else. Right. Yeah. yeah. Which is why you mostly do like commercial client work and yeah. not so much the fine art. Yeah. Yeah. Makes total sense. Yeah. Yeah. I love when people give me the answer that they would just still do the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. I mean, I've asked that question of people and they're like, no, no, I just travel. Yeah. I just quit my job and travel. I would do both. Yeah. <laughs> I would do my job while traveling. Exactly. Yeah. yeah well, yeah. Cause you would just do exactly what you're doing now, but just everywhere else except your house. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And probably in a little bit more comfort maybe. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yay. Well, that was my last question. Great. How do you, uh, how do you feel? Do you like it? Good. That was amazing. Okay. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Perfect. I'm going to let you go and do whatever you got to do with the rest of your Vegas experience here. And I'm going to get a coffee and then prep for my next one. Sounds good. Perfect. Awesome. Thank you so much for doing this. Um, before we sign off here, please tell everyone your social medias and where they can find you. Uh, I am brettstanley.com. Uh, my Instagram is brettsphoto. And Facebook, I think it's just Brett Stanley. Perfect. Yeah. All right. Thanks so much, Brett. Thanks, Ella. Bye. Bye.